What's going on, guys? It is Michael Fleming coming at you with yet another episode of Find Your Voice, where we talk about the continual improvement of the health, the wealth, and the relationships within your life overall, and your business, and your dental practice, and everything else too, right? But today, I'm coming at you with a really fun uh, and really impactful topic today because it, it's something that um, I think a lot of us take for granted, right? Uh, what we're, what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to be talking about thinking outside of the box, right? And and I so I ha- had this kind of epiphany, and so you're going to need to hang on with me while I kind of frame this structure for you for today's uh, podcast. But basically, we've all heard the term thinking outside the box, right? And whether we first heard that in high school or whether we heard it in college, whether we heard that in a work environment and the idea of like, you know, you've got the normal thoughts, the, the norms and the assumptions, but you know, we want you to think outside of that, right? So thinking outside the box, but I kind of had the, the other epiphany as well is, and especially for the people that are working with different generations, whether it's working with generations of like, say the baby boomers, for example, I'm a Gen Xer, right? So the next one up is going to be baby boomers or the next one down, which is going to be like Gen Y or millennial, whatever that is, you know, and being compassionate and being aware of their needs, you know, sometimes that requires us to think outside of the box and, and to not always be right. And I think that's going to be, you know, the common thread through all of this episode right now is that, you know, so many of us get trapped in being right and being right all the time or feeling the need to be right. And it's natural, right? You're not the only one. I do it. You do it. My wife does it. My mom does it or my like everybody does it like it is normal uh for everyone to be right because when you're right that gives you that certainty right it, it, it makes you feel secure in, in what you're doing right and it makes you feel good about what you've learned in the past right so whether you've learned that through self-help uh books self-education through high school through college through other uh specific courses after that you know whatever that is you know we get excited about sharing our knowledge What happens though, the unintended consequence of always being right is that it often will suck the oxygen out of the room. So envision, um, well, this this is going to be you. This is going to be an exercise for you. I want you to think about a time where someone told you why you always feel the need to be right, right? I know you've heard it. it. That's normal. Everyone's heard that at one point in their life. Like, why do you always feel like you need to be right? And I want you to think about that situation, what it was, right? Because the, the opportunity, because I'm thinking about one where I needed to be right at a point. And it had something to do with something that really didn't even matter that much. You know what I mean? It, it, I think it was on like a social issue, for example, right? Uh, as opposed to something that I was formally educated on or had a ton of experience in, right? But it was something that, that I had read uh, in an article and I had heard some other, you know, supporting uh, evidence for this topic. And so I felt that I needed to, you know, be right on this topic. Right. But what wound up happening is, you know, someone else had a different opinion and whether they agree with me or not, or whether I'm right or not, I was, I was not going to change their opinion on this topic. Right. And so what wound up happening is, you know, there's other people envision that you're having this conversation with this person, but there's other people that are around there as well. And you start spitting out facts. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate with this right now with what's even been happening over the last 12 months, all of the, the lunacy and the, the circus tricks that have been happening on the, the, the media and, 
you know, just all the crazy stuff that's been happening with, you know, whether it's businesses, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's, you know, personal protective equipment or paycheck, paycheck protection programs or any of the COVID relief bills or whether it's the vaccine stations or the testing station, whatever that is, right? You know, there's a lot of stuff that's going on and there's a lot of people that have opinions on that stuff, right? Including yourself, right? So what winds up happening is we'll see people have these really strong opinions on certain things. Like, for example, I had a, a conversation with someone the other day that started talking about the ethics of the di- distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. I thought that was really interesting because it's like, wow, okay, first of all, you know, the government is having a really hard time, you know, getting this vaccine out as, as fast as possible, right? But then we start having that ethics conversation which is kind of one more filter on top of the already, it's already hard to get, right? Then we start talking about the ethics of, and I think this was like the ethics of who should be getting it first, who should be getting it second, whatever that was, right? But what it came down to was, you know, the ethics conversation, quote unquote, and I'm doing the air, air quotes in my car right now. It was really an opinion of this person that was sharing this, this their ethical opinion. And whether it was, you know, they ethically felt like older people should be getting the vaccine before medical uh, profession or the first responders of the medical professions should be getting it before the elderly population, whatever that is, right? Where I can't even remember where they stood on this topic, but I thought it was fascinating that we were having that ethical conversation. It was really their opinion. And it, it turned out to be, you know, I had, you know, shared another idea of like, well, you know, say they were talking about the elderly need, elder need, need to get it first. And I was like, well, what about the first responders? And they kind of dug their feet in and it wasn't going to be a uh, a, a conversation of like a debate right it was really like they were sticking their flag on this mountain and they were this was their topic this was the hill they were going to die on for example right and, I, and of course i backed off because again when, it, when you start talking about things like that it's really personal opinion and, and who am i to say that their opinion's wrong right and how they felt was wrong right and i really wasn't that i, I wasn't going to die on that hill if you will right i wasn't going to say the elderly need, elderly need to get it before uh, the first responders or vice versa, right? I, I am, you know, really like that's outside of my my area of influence, so I don't even feel the need to have an opinion on that. Uh, but I just thought it was fascinating that, that someone else took it to that level, right? And the point I'm bringing that up is that, you know, they wanted to make this a topic where they were going to be right. And, and this is kind of what this is about is like, be careful what we want to be right about. Because oftentimes the consequence of us being right is it forces others to be wrong does that make sense in in your mind it doesn't right with you being right all you want to do is share your opinion right but for the other person if they don't have that exact same opinion that you've got it puts them in the corner of well if you can't be right well it's the opposite of right well i must be wrong i guess i gotta be wrong if i can't be right and and that's really the point of, of this conversation that we're having today is like how do we artfully have these conversations how do we artfully have that these share our topics or share our opinions without being right. Does that make sense? Because it's, I see this time and time again, and especially when, and I say this, I listen to me, right? Especially with the older populations that maybe I look up to, right? That represent like my parents or my uncles or my aunts, right? Where they feel like they need to share an opinion. Uh, and that opinion will often be, uh, an opinion from experience, right? They've got a ton of experience and I've got less experience because I'm younger, right? Well, and of course, as I say this, how many younger people, say millennials, for example, are listening to this, rolling their eyes to thinking, oh my gosh, 
you know, what this guy always needs to be right. So again, that's why I need to recraft my message and how I communicate so that it can be better received by them, right? It's kind of like the one thing I tell, you know, my kids is learn how to read a room, right? Learn how to see how people are responding to your words and, and to your thoughts and to your feelings, right? Because again, your thoughts and your feelings are exactly that. They're your thoughts and your feelings and not everyone is going to agree with your thoughts and your feelings. Does that make sense? And that's the, the point I'm trying to have is that the consequence of doing that is if you isolate yourself and you put yourself on that island where you have to be right, which their perception is, the other person receiving this is that they have to be wrong. Well, now all of a sudden you've, you've isolated yourself on this island where there's no, there's no getting off. And I think where I want to kind of take your mindset is to how do you share your opinion, but leave that open so you're, you're willing and able to receive that feedback so that when you get that feedback, it, it is including or inclusive of how that person feels. And then that way, you almost create that environment, that safe environment of a debate, right? And I don't know how, how you, the listener right now, feels about, you know, debates. Because I know some people feel debates as if it's, like, combative or um, confrontive, right? And I feel debates are really like an opportunity to share opinions, right? It's a, that opportunity for you to um, really listen to how other people are perceiving your message, right? And it gives you the opportunity to either agree with someone or artfully disagree, but still take their feedback, right? Like, I love your feedback. I love that you're sharing this with me. That's fantastic. That's awesome. But, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, have a different opinion, right? Which I think is like, that's the whole point of our First Amendment, you know what I mean? That's the beauty of, of the First Amendment. You're not supposed to agree with what I have to say. I'm not supposed to agree with what you have to say. And I think that's sometimes, and this is a totally different topic and maybe that's another podcast episode, but I think that's sometimes the danger of, you know, social media and that hive mind, right? When we get in this like, yeah, that's right, uh-huh. And it creates this like, yes, I'm gonna like that post, or I'm gonna dislike this post, I'm gonna love this meme, I'm gonna love the stream of thought, I'm gonna love this politician's mindset as opposed to having our own thought, which sometimes, you know, takes effort and sometimes it takes energy, right? But the idea of being able to, to create an environment where people feel safe talking with you because you're not going to quote unquote always be right. And then therefore shut down that conversation. So where I'm taking this is I want you to start thinking about how, you know, when are times where you feel like you need to be right, right? Is it something that maybe uh, challenges your education, like your formal education? Is it something that maybe challenges your experience, right? And maybe that's experience as a, you know, a worker uh, or experience as a child or experience as a parent or experience as, you know, a sports you know, or an athlete, you know, whatever, you, you know what I mean? Like whatever that is, like we all have our experiences, right? And from those experiences, we kind of create our, our beliefs and our values, right? And so I want you to think of a time where, you know, you were having a conversation and someone kind of disagreed with you, but you kind of dug your heels in and you're like, I had to be right. And what I want you to do is I want you to think through that situation to see how it ended. Did it end with, you know, them finally agreeing with you? Or did it kind of end with, you know, maybe it was uncomfortable 
uh, or maybe it ended with, well, whatever, like I disagree, but whatever, we're, we're not going to have that conversation. Like, I'm, I'm just curious. And I want you to think about that because all of the situations, no matter who's listening right now, all of these situations, that time where you had to be right, it had, it meant that someone else had to be wrong. And I want you to think about now, I want you to think about how did that impact the listener? How did that impact your audience? Right. Did it make them feel included? I'm going to go out on a ledge here and, and guess that it probably didn't make them feel included, right? Because for them to say, you know, if, if the end result was, yeah, whatever, and then they changed the, the topic, uh, it wasn't you really being right. That was them being evasive of, you know, potential confrontation or disagreement or whatever that was, right? But what I want you to, to start focusing on, because he, here's how the appropriate conversation matures or evolves, right? You know, you start having that conversation, and you start to fish for that that audience's point of view or for their opinion, right? And then at that point, once you have that opinion, then it gives you a baseline of how to effectively communicate, right? Because again, you don't need people to agree with you all of the time, right? In fact, you don't even need people to agree with you part of the time, right? But it does help you if you're able to effectively understand how they feel, right? And process that and internalize that and take that for take it for, uh, uh, as, as a tool for how to communicate. Right. So for example, you know, if you are a, um, uh, a little more liberal in your, in your beliefs and your thinking, right. But then you, uh, take a business trip down to, you know, I don't know, Dallas, Texas, or, or someplace where it could potentially be a little more conservative, you know, is it going to be effective and the best use of your time, effort and energy to try and prove, you know, maybe you're sitting in a coffee shop and you hear someone talking about how great Donald Trump was and you're like, what the fuck? But you feel like the need to bring your values, import your values from say, wherever you came from. So Los Angeles or, you know, a blue area, for example, right? And uh, you start sharing your opinion. Is that really an effective way to communicate? Or, or could it be more fun to maybe ask questions and learn about like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Tell me about what your thoughts are. I'm dying to know what your thoughts are about that. So I, I heard you talking about Donald Trump over there and, you know, obviously, and you can fess up. You know, like, I, I, I grew up in Los Angeles. I just came out here from Los Angeles and it's a little more of a blue area and so we don't get exposed to, you know, the Make America Great Again has or people that really, like, believe in that. But, you know, tell me about your point of view. Like, why do you love Donald Trump so much, right? And truly open up that conversation so that people can listen or, or can feel comfortable sharing with you because they feel like you can listen. Does that make sense? And, and do you see the difference between the different types of conversations? If you come out and say, what the fuck, you know, Joe Biden's the best thing that's ever happened in this, this country. And you're talking to someone who loves Donald Trump. How do you think that conversation is going to go? As opposed to tell me about Donald Trump. I'm dying to know what you love about this guy, right? Because I think about him and I don't see too many redeeming qualities or at least as many as you do. So I'm dying to know, like, how is his, his, leadership really like helps you and because i'm dying to know like there's clearly something i'm missing here right and then you open it up and now all of a sudden you've created like a safe environment for people to start sharing their opinions and even if you don't agree with them that's the whole point again you're not they're not supposed to agree with you and i think that might be one of the key learnings from from this podcast as well is that as much as we're trying to be right I think that's part of it as well, is we're trying to get other people on our, our, on our wavelength so that they agree with us. And that's not a requirement. We don't need that. We don't need them to agree with us to be able to get our, to our desired outcome. Does that make sense? 
Like, I don't need you to believe that Joe Biden's the best president in this world. Or I don't need you to believe that Donald Trump is the best president that we've ever had for us to have a good conversation or a good, positive relationship. Does that make sense? Um, but there's a ton of people that feel like they've got to, they've got to impose their will on other people so that we're on that same page, right? There's so many other things that we can have in common with other people, right? And whether that's athletics, sports, you know, a lot, for a lot of people, it's politics, you know, religion, uh, current events, you know, uh, location, demographics, where you currently live, uh, your ideals. I mean, there's so many other things. Like, and, and that's one of my mindsets as well, is that, you know, with everything that's going on in this world, world and with all of the polarization that, that seems to be happening, the apparent polarization, what I find fascinating is that no matter where I go, I can I can make friends with people, which means you can too, right? And what I mean by that is that no matter where I go, if I go sit in a coffee shop in Los Angeles, or I go sit in a coffee shop in Dallas, Texas, or Lubbock, Texas, or New York City, wherever that is, I can sit down to anybody and I can strike up a conversation and I can find something in common with that person, which means you can too. And guess what happens once you, you kind of break that ice and you find something in common with them, guess what happens? Then you can start having a dialogue with that person. And then you can start talking with that person. You can start opening up to that person. And they can start opening up to you because they feel safe opening up to you. And then before you know it, you've got a BFF, right? You've got someone who feels comfortable exchanging their ideas, their concepts, their core values with you. And it's an, it's awesome because it doesn't matter if they're white. It doesn't matter if they're black. It doesn't matter if they're Hispanic, Latino, you know, Chinese, Japanese. What It doesn't fucking, it doesn't matter, right? You can find something in common with everybody. And I think the whole point of this, and maybe this is kind of tied to uh, current events or the polarization of, you know, especially with like this big movement of the, of the Black Lives Matter, which is really kind of putting a spotlight on the relationships that we have with the black community is, you know, there's a difference between, you know, the talk and the walk, right? And I find it fascinating how many people are so eager to talk about Black Lives Matter, yet they don't have any black friends. They're not making an effort to give back to the the African-American or black community. Uh, they're not, you know, making friends with people. I, I'm blessed with the, the fact that hey, down here in Houston, we're incredibly diverse. And, you know, having a, a child that... Uh, that plays football and baseball and especially football down here in Texas. I mean, you have, there's a massive black community around here. And so, you know, it has nothing to do with, you know, our ideals. It's the fact, again, back to, we have something in common. So I have a ton of black friends and acquaintances because we have something in common. We have kids that play football, right? And so we've got something to talk about. That's the icebreaker, right? And then once you have that icebreaker and then you can start talking about anything, right? Then you can even have those political talks, right? Even if, and especially if, we have opposing views. You know what I mean? Like, because we have that baseline, we have that safety where it's like, dude, you know, I'm not an asshole. I know you're not an asshole. So let's talk about it. What do you love about Donald Trump? And why am I so far disconnected from your ideals, right? Or vice versa. What do you love about Joe Biden so much? And why am I so disconnected with your core core values and your ideals, right? Does that make sense? And, and that's the intent of, of this podcast right now. And that's the key learning that I want you to take away from this is that let's stop talking about always being right and let's start talking about how to include those around us. Does that make sense? I want us to be inclusive of, of the people around us. We want to include others, especially if we feel like we're at odds with them, especially if we feel like we can't be friends with them, 
right? Does that make sense? And so, you know, another uh, epiphany I kind of had this morning when I was putting this together is that, you know, as we talk about, you know, the thinking outside of the box and living outside of the box, the alternative is, is if we don't, it gives us the opportunity to live inside the box. <laughs> and he is hanging there with me because I have this conversation again with, with those that feel the need to be, to be right is that, you know, when, when you're always right, if you always feel the need to be right, what that means is that you get the opportunity to uh, wind up in that pine box, meaning it's like that death analogy. And here's where I'm going with this. It sounds crazy, right? But, you know, we, we all have those opportunities where, you know, we, we are right or we have the right of way. Does that make sense? And so imagine, you know, I saw this all the time, like downtown, when I worked downtown Portland was, uh, you know, you get these kids that totally just bolt across the street. They're downtown and they're like, they just run across the street. They'll run in front of a car. And it was like, what are you doing? It's like, well, I got the right of way. You know, I'm, I'm a pedestrian. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. It is absolutely illegal to hit a, hit a human being with a car. But here's the deal. If someone's farting around on their phone and they're not paying attention or their kid is crying or something has happened and you jump out in front of them and they don't see you, like, how's that right away treating you if they run you over and kill you? Does that make sense? It's like, yeah, you have the right of way as the pedestrian because it is illegal for that car to hit you. But what if something happens and they make a mistake and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, right? Just like you jump out and jaywalking, that, that could be a potential mistake because that's not necessarily legal. You can, you can get a ticket for jaywalking, right? Well, same thing true. If you make a mistake and jaywalk, well, what happens if they make a mistake and they're farting around on their phone or they're not paying attention and they hit you and kill you? Because by all, by all stretch of the imagination here, when we're talking about that, that pedestrian who got hit and got killed, they had the right of way, so they got to be right. Well, but look we're getting. Look what that got them, right? You got to be right, but now you're also dead. So what good is being right in that situation, right? Now, I understand this is an ex- extreme example, right? But that is an example of, like, it's not about being right. And just because you're right doesn't mean that you should do it. Does that make sense? And so th- this is kind of that analogy of, of thinking outside the box to uh, – live outside the box. There you go. Maybe that's a t-shirt. Who knows? I think I made that analogy yesterday too. Let's make this a t-shirt, but think outside the box to live outside the box. There you go. Right. But, but that's, that's where I'm going with this is like, let's not get stuck with our values, our ideals, our opinions. And then we pigeonhole others to be opposite us, uh, against us. You know what I mean? Just because they don't agree with us or have the same value as us doesn't mean they're not kind people. Does that make sense? Like, they, they can still believe in Donald Trump, that, that Donald Trump was the greatest president ever or that Joe Biden is the greatest president ever and still be your best friend. Meaning that you maybe you love Donald Trump and, and they love Biden or maybe you love Biden and they love Trump. You can still be friends with those people. You know what I'm talking about? Just, just because they believe something different than you. I've got a ton of friends that are uh, LDS and, and I got a ton of friends that are Catholic, right? And I grew up Catholic, right? Well, I can still be friends with, with Mormons, right? I could still be friends with Baptists, a ton of Baptists down here in Texas. You know what I mean? Like, just because I was raised a certain way doesn't mean that, well, you're not Catholic, so I can't be friends with you, right? Now, if you are Catholic, we may have, that might be our first thing we have in common, right? But but if you're not, well, you know, it, 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 that's not a requirement to be a friend of mine. So so I hope you, you took value in that. The takeaway for this lesson is to be mindful of you being right, right? And so so your homework right now is grab that sheet of paper, grab your pencil, and I want you to think about that that last situation where you felt like you needed to be right. And oftentimes, it creates an argument. 
You know what I'm talking about? So maybe think about that last time that it was a little painful. Maybe it was with the spouse. Maybe it was with the boyfriend or girlfriend or someone at work. And you're like, oh, man, that kind of took off sideways. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean for that to happen. Then write that down and then start writing about what you needed to be right about. Right. But then also write about what they felt they needed to be right about. Right. Because, again, if you felt like you needed to be right, the, the only way that they could feel is that you needed them to be wrong. Right. And so I want you to start to break this down to see where you could have turned that corner. Right. And so that way, the next time you're having that conversation, you realize, oh, at that point, that's when it could have broken. And I could have done it this way. And so that way, the next time you start to run down this path of feeling like you need to be right, don't sec- stop and stop sucking the air out of it. Stop sucking all the oxygen out of the room, right? Because again, what happens if you suck all the oxygen out of the room, what, what happens? People need to breathe. So they're going to leave the room so they can go breathe, right? So how do you stop sucking the oxygen out of the room? How do you keep them in the room? And how do you get them to start sharing their opinion? Well, tell me how you feel. It, it seems to me like you don't agree with this. So I, I'm dying to know, like, what is your solution for this or or what are what are your ideas on this because i'm you know i have my opinions but by no means am i always right so what are your thoughts on this and start to solicit that feedback right and once you pull that in now all of a sudden you, you create that environment of it's more of a debate and then once you start to get that debate and i wrote about this in my first book too it's like once you start to genuinely solicit feedback that's when you start to have your own epiphanies we're like oh my gosh i never even thought about it that way that's actually brilliant Let's give it a try. And you might start getting some great ideas and you might start getting great feedback because it's going to be genuine feedback and it's going to be feedback that's coming directly from them. Does that make sense? So I hope that helps. That's your homework. Uh, and God bless you. Have an amazing day. If you've got any feedback or any personal stories that you uh, want to share, head on over to uh, dentalmarketingblog.com and uh, you know, shoot me a message, shoot me an email because I'm dying to know what your specific situation was like and how you work through that. Or if you've kind of got yourself stuck and you want some feedback, shoot me, a, shoot me an email. And uh, I'd love to kind of help you work through that because uh, sometimes we get stuck and sometimes we feel like, Michael, I've tried all that shit like, and none of it's working and now I'm truly stuck. And yeah, 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 your podcast is great and that's some great ideas in theory, but when it comes to application and actually trying it out, it's not that simple. So I'm stuck. And I'd love to kind of jump in and, and pick your brain and see how your situation's different. Does that make sense? So have an amazing day. Uh, make this day great and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care, see ya.